Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's up, Gym Lords? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. My name is Bree. I'll be your host today, and I'm here with Joe from Fitness Republic in San Marcos, California. What's up, Joe? How are you today? Good, good, Bree. Thanks for having me on. Of course. How are you? So much- I don't know if I don't know if people ask you that enough. <laughs> Typically, no, but I am doing so well. And thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. I appreciate it. Of course. It. You're welcome. All right. Cool. So let's jump right into the details. What is it that made you want to own your own gym? How did you get started? Um, well, to get started, I started as a personal trainer. I started in a corporate gym, uh, 24 Fitness, which is pretty well known. And I ended up being there for eight years. Um, for me personally... Um, I think my journey was a little different. Like I didn't necessarily aspire to be a gym owner one day, honestly. Um, I wanted to like move my way up the corporate ladder in 24. Um, And I did. And what happened was, is as I moved up, what I realized is the the things I was loving about my job, I started to do less of. So, and I'm not saying this is every corporate gym. I don't know. I've only worked for one, but the higher you move up, the more like admin it becomes and the less training it becomes. Mm -hmm. So you take a trainer training 120 sessions a month and then you tell them he can only train 25. Mm -hmm. So to me, that means you either have to pick your favorite clients, right? Or you're just not doing, like your day is filled with something that you didn't think that you'd be doing when you thought of your training career, right? Right. So Mm -hmm. I think when it got to that point for me, which was actually pretty soon, Um, because I got promoted up the fitness ladder to the fitness manager position within two years, which is, I heard fast, I don't know. But Mm -hmm. at that point, I was like, oh, it it just became like a desk job to me. And I was like, I don't have the like, for one, the attention span, if I make it through this entire podcast, I'll be surprised. But (laughs) the attention span, or just like the willingness to like, do that side of fitness and coach other trainers. And that's all great, you know, Um, But when that's all you're doing, it took me away from what I was passionate about. And that was training people, seeing a lot of different people every day and impacting their lives. So Mm -hmm. when I got to that point, it got a little kind of stale in a sense for me. Right. And um, I started kind of looking to other realms of of what I could possibly do um, on my own. And I started to talk to the few at that point, few clients I had. And then that kind of ended up growing into like, hey, if I did my own thing, would you follow me? Right. And what I realized is, is I could actually charge less and make more. Mm-hmm. Right. So um, that in a nutshell, it's kind of what caused me to open my own space, which was in 2016. And then I've, I've been here ever since. And I've been extremely happy and blessed. Yes, absolutely. That's awesome. So kind of wanting to do your own thing and really focusing on what you are passionate about. Yeah. And, and- than- the corporate kind of side of things. Yeah. And, and, you know, just like I think any gym owner, small business owner, I wanted control over my schedule and I wanted to do things my way. Right. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. And I, and I wanted flexibility on things like, um, like pricing too, you know, mm-hmm. at that point, the gym, like it seemed like every six months would go through like a major pricing increase. Mm-hmm. And, and it was, it's not that I didn't value myself to, to charge that amount. It was just that I was losing really, really good people for what I thought was, was a high price to pay. Mm-hmm. So um, at that point, I also like that aspect of being on my own where I can, to an extent, you know, keep a level of this is how much I'm worth, 
but also give in a little bit when you're able to and want to help someone else that can afford maybe a certain price point. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that was really attractive right. to me as well. Yeah, absolutely. Having the flexibility there to kind of do what you want as far as that goes as well. Yeah. All absolutely. right. So now what, what types of services are you offering? Are we doing group classes, personal training, yeah. privates? What does that look like? Yeah. Are, are you saying like now or like pre-COVID, post-COVID or just both? Has it changed? It, it has changed a little bit, actually. Okay. Um, and it's changed because, and I don't know, you know, like, like, like I was talking to you earlier, I don't mm-hmm. know what a lot of other like business owners do or, or um, you know, uh, personal training businesses do. But for me personally, my insurance um, in my area like skyrocketed through COVID. Okay. So, mm-hmm. and you know, rightfully so in a sense, because they're like, hey, now your liability, you're open. Someone can come see you, get sick, sue you, blah, blah, blah. That's probably their side of things, right? Right. But for me, it made me realize like, okay, how can I limit my, um, like <laughs> my, uh, my risk, right? Mm-hmm. So what I did was before, yeah, we could do small group, um, partner training one-on-one. I usually like to do one-on-one training myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I've kind of changed it to the point where it's like, if you have a group that it has to be your group of people mm-hmm. instead of okay. a group I put together, which isn't necessarily maybe on my end, the best business model. Right. Um, but I'm busy enough to where I, one, I can do that. And two, um, you know, it, it limits the risk of someone being like, Hey, you gave it to me when, when I was with my whole, like, family and group of friends that I know, right? Instead mm-hmm. of saying I was with seven strangers and yeah. I was in your gym and I got COVID. Yeah. Now I'm out of work for two weeks and blah, blah, blah. Right. So mm-hmm. that's kind of how it shifted a little bit. Um, and I found that that's successful and people actually like it because most of the time when, when they come to a group, they like to be around people that inspires them or people that they know or people they feel comfortable around. So I, I've done that and um, I might go back, you know, but for now um, it's worked out for me. Yeah. Okay. So Groups. But, oh, yes. So sorry, I didn't really answer your that's question. Okay. That's okay. <laughs> but yeah, so, so that's on the group side. Um, mm-hmm. We do um, obviously one-on-one personal training. We do partner training. That's kind of involved in like the group training or bunched in on that. Um, and then we do, I mean, so our programs are kind of like more full, you know, nutrition, um, supplementation advice. It's, it's kind of like a process that like your trainer walks you through. Okay. So um, I will, my model has always kind of been like, if you, if you pay for an expensive workout, you're not getting your money's worth. If your trainer trains you and then says, cool, I'll see you next week. Good luck. Right. Mm-hmm. Like you have to have someone that's in your ear. And I think the, the problem with training sometimes is we get so busy that we lose the craft in personal training that is following up with your clients, right. Making sure that during the week that you, that you're in their ear and you're telling them, you know, Hey, did you go under this today? And then you end up kind of like figuring out what they're doing. I link everyone to my Apple watch. So I know exactly when they're doing a workout. Mm-hmm. Right. So little tricks like that really help me keep my clients accountable. Um, right. So that's what we try to do is we try to be in our client's ear during the week, because even if they see us three times a week, that's three hours out of all the hours that are in one week. I wish I knew that number off the top of my head, right. <laughs> but I yeah. don't, do you know how many hours are in a week, Bree? Uh, I don't, I used to. When Alexa. more so when I was in the gym. Oh wait, Echo. How many hours in a week? We're gonna find out together. One week is one hundred sixty-eight hours. One sixty-eight. Okay. okay. I, was I should have looked say that up before. Two hundred. So 168. yeah. One sixty-eight. Okay, mm-hmm. so you know you have three hours. 
out of that. And so you have to make the biggest impact when they're by themselves. Yes. Right. So, um, so yeah, so to answer your question, um, we do a lot of different services, but our services revolve around really kind of craft personal training where we're in our client's ear and we kind of guide them along throughout their week so that if we're in their ear, then all of a sudden they're going to make better decisions and they're going to see better results. Then they come back, they pay us, then they're happy and we're happy. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, not for nothing, but accountability is typically the thing that people need most above yeah. anything else is somebody keeping them on track, motivating them. Um, like you said, kind of walking them through the process. Right. Um, so that that's huge. That was actually my, my next question was if you mm -hmm. do offer uh, nutrition, accountability, supplementation, things of that nature for your yeah. clients as well. Yeah. Yeah, we do. Definitely. Um, and like I said, we, we take our, um, when, when I was actually at 24 Hour Fitness, they actually got sued because trainers were giving terrible nutritional advice, oh my God. right? Yeah. Because we're not, because we're not nutritious, right? Mm -hmm. We may have a greater understanding of nutrition more than the person coming through the door, but it, it's not always like we're experts, right? Right. So they yeah. had these, they had these clients doing four hours of cardio a day and had them on 800 calories, right? So it's like, yeah, you're going to lose weight if, if you make it, right? right? So, yeah, exactly. um, so what I do is I give more nutritional guidance. So even though I might think like, hey, I got a system down that I know is going to help you, blah, blah, blah. At the end of the day, I'm not a nutritionist. So, but I want to give that guidance because I'm going to know a lot more than they do. Right. And it's in our realm to talk about. Yes. Right. Yeah. So, so we do, we do definitely go over that and coach them through that. Mm -hmm. If that answers your question. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's a, a huge piece of things. And a lot of times uh, facilities, it's only fitness that they're offering and they're not offering any type of help with nutrition or supplementation yeah. or accountability. And, you know, those yeah. things are great to add into the service, provide better results for your clients. And then also it allows you to charge a little bit more as well. Per oh, client. absolutely. Yeah. So, I, I think that that's honestly, in my opinion, that's a standard service. Right. I think, I think that's something just standard that you should do for your clients. I don't think it should be extra. Right. Okay. Um, because you're giving them your full range of knowledge and you're not saying, oh, I'm holding off on you. But if you give me a little more, maybe I'll tell you how good it is to eat a banana every day. Right. I know it's more intense than that. You're right. right more right. into that. But it's, it's the same. Like if, if you're paying me a high hourly to come in for one hour or 50 minutes is what a lot of people do, then I'm going to give you everything I have for that 50 minutes. And I'm going to be there coaching you throughout the week. And that's just the way I've always done business, because at the end of the day, you put a little more effort. And they come back. And that's how I've, I've been able to retain clients for 10 years. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So yeah. um, that, that's what I do. And like I said, the, the business model has always been for a personal trainer is accountability, education, and motivation. It's those three things. Mm -hmm. You have to educate your clients, right, on what to do, how many times to do it. They don't know any of that stuff. You have right. to keep them accountable to show up, mm -hmm. right? And then you have to keep them motivated throughout the week. Absolutely. So if you do those three things, then they're going to be successful. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So... How do you structure your memberships? Are people okay. paying reoccurring monthly memberships? Are you doing packages? How do you structure? So, so check it out. I, I, I have a different way of doing it that, that helps keep me accountable and puts the power back into the, the client. Mm -hmm. Now, a lot of people probably listen to this and personal trainers listen to this and be like, oh, that's a terrible business model because... Well, let me explain to you, right? So, but I've been doing it for 13 years and it's worked for me. And I think at the end of the day, um, it's good to learn from other people, but at the end of the day, it's good to do your own thing and to know what works for you personally. 
Mm -hmm. right? Because I don't know your personality and how you relate to your clients and all that. So this is what works for me. What works for me is I do a payment after every session, just one session. I don't do any packages. Um, I, I know the benefit of that. I know the benefit, the business benefit of having, um, you know, kind of that financial uh, over a client's head to be able to be like, hey, I paid for 10. I got to show up. I totally understand that. But I've been doing it for 13 years and I got really, really valuable advice. Like my second year of personal training is from a guy named Cameron Etchings. And what he said was, he said, you have to treat every session as if some at the end of the session, someone comes up to you, looks you in the eye, shakes your hand and says, thank you for the session. Here's your money. And you have to look back at them and go, did I earn that money? Mm -hmm. Right. Because a lot of the times, especially in a corporate gym, when I was out for eight years, you have a package of 25 sessions, right? You lose the financial sacrifice that your client is making around anywhere from five to 20 until you either just re-sign them or are about to re-sign them. Does that kind of make sense? I'm not saying everybody, but I'm mm -hmm. saying it's natural to just treat it like, oh, they're just coming in on Tuesday, they're just coming in on Thursday, right? And then you just run through their sessions. But if they have to give you money every time they come in, you're on your A game. And if you're on your A game, they get a better service, right? And then it keeps you accountable to show up. Because when you're training and you're busy and you're training eight clients a day, which training hours, I, I argue this with my wife, are harder than regular hours. She doesn't understand this, but like I said, when you're training eight in a row, mm -hmm. like it's different than if you were doing something else, in my opinion. Yeah. Right? Like mm -hmm. your, your, your mood, right? Like your level of engagement, um, it, it's taxing right? yes, to do absolutely. it for that long. So you always have to treat your last client like you, like you, you, you were with your first client, mm -hmm. right? So the way I do that personally, and the way I keep myself accountable to do that is to take a payment after every session. Mm -hmm. And like I said, I can see why people would be like, that's dumb. Um, but it's just something that's worked for me. And it's yeah. kept me accountable to be like the best trainer for that hour, because I know I'm getting paid after. Right? Yeah. I mean, if it works for you, that's fantastic. What I think mm -hmm. about is if mm -hmm. these people are training like three times a week on average, for example, yeah. you're selling them a hundred and I don't know, 60 times a year or so, a little bit more. Mm -hmm. So rather than once. Yeah. So but, that's but, like from a business sure. standpoint, that's how I look at it. And I totally um, understand that point. And part of it too is like when I would sell a big package at 24 is when people see the finish line, they are also going to think to themselves, okay, is that my last session too? Right. So I try to make it really easy. For, I make it easy for people to come in the door. I yeah. also, you could argue, make it easy for people to leave. Mm -hmm. What I have found is that they don't. And that's why I'm continuing to do this. Trust me. Right. If I was losing people, I'd be like, Hey, Brie, like <laughs> I've been doing, I've been messing up. Let me know what I can do. Right. right. So, and I'm not yeah. saying that, and I'm not even saying this is the best business model or that someone else should try it. Um, because I don't know how, you know, they could just be like, Hey, I'm, I'm the same, no matter what. And mm -hmm. I, I just know I'm, I know how much I'm, I'm looking forward to making that day. And, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm on my clients because I know they're coming in with that cash, mm -hmm. right. From the business side of things. And right. when I was training at 24, it's like, they'd have like 10, 11 sessions and you get to that 11th session. You're like extra good. Like, Oh, I can't wait to, you know, what we're going to do for the next 10. Like you're already trying to kind of like plant those seeds. Right. And, um, overcome those objections before they ask for them. So it doesn't look so like aggressive. And then they're like, oh, this, I actually had thought about it. And I've been thinking about it. This is my last session, you know? So mm -hmm. um, there's also not that like final, now you could argue that 
there's a final one after every session, but the way I formulate kind of like my calendar with them and how I keep them accountable in between sessions, it flows pretty easy. It might not come across that way, how I'm explaining it maybe. And for that, I apologize. But at the end of the day, I found that over the last 13 years, that's how I run my business. Mm -hmm. And it's just kind of moved flawlessly. But mm -hmm. I could in one moment, if all, I have 31 clients, if all 31 clients text me right now and said, I never want to see you again, then yeah, I'd be like, hey, Bree, you have a job at the Jim Lord's podcast because <laughs> I don't have any more clients, but thank the right. Lord that, that so far it's worked out. Yes, absolutely. So my other question regarding <laughs> that is, how are you tracking monthly reoccurring revenue? Because that makes it really hard to gauge what you have coming yeah. in, unless your clients are super, super consistent and are oh. with you for years because average yes. lifetime well, of a client is like three to six months that is true and i would say in most corporate gyms that is true um i would say for me personally once i moved out on my own what i did was i kind of got those what we called it are those like bread and butter clients that you can count on to pay your rent yeah right you're always going to have this person who comes in for a couple months and leaves this person who stays for six months and leaves this person who tries it out for 10 sessions and leaves right mm -hmm. But when I made that pivot over to my business, I already had enough of those bread and butter clients that, okay, my bills are paid for, my overhead's paid for, and I can count on these people. Now, what I do have is a good cancellation policy, and I think that's important, mm -hmm. right? So, and it's important to stick to that because that is your revenue, that's your bread and butter, and that's how you continue to make money, right? So, and, and they're totally, and I'm totally cool with that, and, and they, they're cool with it. And um, I would say that's kind of the way I've kind of transitioned tra transitions through my career mm -hmm. is by doing it that way. So um, when it comes to like the books and stuff, maybe I'm in a rare part of like the gym ownership to where I can actually kind of count on those people to show up. Um, but I've been lucky so far, I guess. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so now 30, did you say 31 clients currently? Uh, currently, yeah. Okay. And mm -hmm. so how are you getting the word out there about what it is that you do? So what does marketing look like for you? Yeah. So marketing to me um, is, is kind of non-existent to an extent. Like I have a nice professional website and, um, you know, uh, but mostly at the end of the day, it's kind of word of mouth. Mm -hmm. um, it's more referral based. Um so that's what I would say kind of like the marketing is because I'm, I'm, I'm in a position to where, remember, this is a personal training studio where it's just me and one other person. Mm -hmm. So it's not this big gym that we have this like incredibly high overhead and anything like that. So to us, it's, we say fitness, Republic, elite personal training, right? Mm -hmm. I've been here 13 years. The guy working for me has been with here for 20 years, mm -hmm. right? So we already kind of have our business in place. And what I wanted to create was I wanted to create an area that was safe for my clients to work out and that I could do my own thing. So um, that's kind of what I've created. So it's not anything like where, um, I don't know if you're going to ask about like growth or what my plans were going forward. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but for now, like that's what I've kind of created. And that's what I'm like comfortable doing at the moment. So I do have thoughts of what I can do. Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, as soon as I left 24, I, I always thought like a bigger gym means more money, but not necessarily in your pocket, right? And I'm so glad I didn't have that, especially through the pandemic, because I was mm -hmm. still able to control my rent when my clients went from 31 to four, yeah. right? For those mm -hmm. like two to three weeks. So um, so that's kind of 
the way we do things around here. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. 24 ruined you, huh? No, I like 24. <laughs> your, your mindset, though, like some of the things that you've experienced from yeah. 24 may have like kind of clouded things for you. And I see that yeah. often, you know, even within yeah. um, like gym owners talking about memberships, because so many people have been burned by contracts that they were in and they couldn't get out of and then it's like they have this yeah. negative idea around a contract so then like a lot of gym owners don't want to put agreements in place and they want to do month yeah. to month and um a lot of those things kind of just cloud things on the yeah. on the owner side of things but totally. what, you've, what you found works for you so that's that's for great. me yeah, for me and my size, right? So that, right. let's take that into consideration. So if I had like a huge CrossFit gym with, with a bunch of memberships and things mm -hmm. like that, I would not be doing things this way because I could not, right? Right. And I understand, like I said, I understand both sides. Mm -hmm. um, but for me and my size and what I wanted to accomplish, it's just kind of worked for me so far. But everything I learned from 24, I, I don't have anything really negative to say about them. Mm -hmm. I just, just like with any experience in life, you yeah. experience something and then you come out of it and going, I think this is a better option for me. Yeah. So I'm going to start doing things this way. And right. that's what I did. But I learned actually a lot from them, you know, and I owe them a lot. But when I made that pivot, I transitioned to working on my own. I took what I didn't like and I changed it. And right. I took what I did like and I applied. Absolutely. So. Yeah. I mean, those learning some of the things that you don't like or you don't want to do sometimes is even more important than learning the good things that you should do. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's um, almost like you're. Like your parents, right? Like you're like, oh, I love them so much, but maybe if I have kids, maybe I'll parent them a little different. Right. Not that your parents scarred you necessarily, but you know, yes. just do things their own way. Right. But like I said, I think, you know, it's one of those, like if, if, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So, so far I've been really lucky to, um, to do things my way and, and have it be successful that, mm -hmm. um, that I haven't had to make that change. You know what I mean? But if, right. if my circumstances were to change, I was to, you know, had the ability to grow and, and want to grow then at that point, you know, I would have to implement those things. And I, and I remember those things. So I would be able to do it if I wanted to. Right. Okay. Okay. So membership growth is not on the, on the radar for goals right now. No. Okay. I mean, no, because we're, we're both really busy. So, and now that doesn't mean that you can't be hungry and accept new members mm -hmm. because people drop off and you don't want to be in a position to where it's like, Oh, I'm cool. I'm not looking for anyone. And then all of a sudden, bam. Right. Right. Yeah. It's like, oh, shoot, I need six people. And now my income is drastically different. So, yeah, you always have to kind of stay hungry. And that's what they taught you in gyms, too, right? Is, I mean, you're only good as your last month. Mm -hmm. So you have to always hustle every single month. Right. And yes. um, so what I do is um, most of it's word of mouth. Like, I just got a new client yesterday, and it was from my client, Kathy, and it was a word of mouth client. Mm -hmm. And then Sandra came in, and now I'm training her, and she's fantastic and great. And I, and yes. I can take those, but I can't take them in. Like if you were to say, Hey, I can get you 10 clients tomorrow. I'd be like, I wouldn't have time to service them. Mm -hmm. So I keep things. I, I don't want to like, you know, I don't want to like overextend myself. And if, if I were to put a flyer up and then 20 people come in, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't want to have to turn someone away. Mm -hmm. Not only that, but then, you know, the ability to get another trainer in here right now, isn't necessarily worth that was it my either. Next question. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm answering all your next questions. It's almost like <laughs> I've know. read your interview already. <laughs> um, okay. So not, that was the next thing I was going to say. So obviously if you're capped yeah. out as far as how many people you can train, the next step would be bringing on another trainer, but that would be smart. Of course. You're good. You're good where uh, you are. You're you not know, 
and like I said, maybe it's because I'm a terrible businessman, but at the end of the day, um, I have 1500 square feet, you know, to work out in. And, and that's totally enough for maybe three or four people. Um, and at, when I was at 24 hour fitness, we worked in a training, a functional training area. And it's the area I was most comfortable in. So I worked in that and that was 500 square feet. Mm-hmm. Right. And there was like two or three trainers in that area at one time too. So I know I can do it, but right now I'm able to give my clients that level of kind of, um, you know, privacy that I think will, especially like right now to a lot of people is very important. So I'm able to keep that and, and still be comfortable mm-hmm. to where, you know, my overhead's taken care of, I'm able to make extra money and I'm able to plan for the future. Right. So, um, right now I don't see a, a need, um, but, um, it would have to be, uh, uh, the right kind of person, let's say. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Because I get reached out, you know, a a lot and I get emails a lot about trainers like, Hey, you know, I'm looking for a private gym right now because Planet Fitness closed down or the 24 closed down next to me or choose closed down next to me. And I'm like, okay, um, cool. Like uh, what kind of revenue are you bringing in? Like, do you have your own clients? No, not really. I have like a couple, but I'm hoping that, and I'm like, okay, cool. It's not the, it's not the space for you. Right. Right. We're Mm -hmm. like already established trainers, like moving on that. Like I'm not coaching you anymore. I used to do that. And now It's a different environment. It's more like yes. an empty shell of a gym that you can use when you're busy and you're able to, you know, kind of flourish in that space. I'm able to give you the key to the gym and be like, hey, you can be here 24 hours a day if you want. Right. Right. And that takes a certain level of responsibility. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Especially when it comes to, you know, liabilities and everything like that. So, mm-hmm. so right now it's just me and one other person and, and we get along great. We work together um, for, you know, eight years and we trust each other and, and, it's, and, it's, and it's going pretty good. 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 That's awesome to hear. You know, other, I'm, I'm just thinking about other gym owners listening to our episode today. No, they're going to hate like, it, huh? Wait a minute. <laughs> Dude, I know. Wait a minute. What? <laughs> Absolutely. That's, that's why, did you notice? That's why I was like, I keep saying like, Hey, you know, I get it. So it might not work for you. You're but. like, yeah, this works for me. It might not work for you, but, <laughs> but I have a reason. I think that's important. Yes. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, but I, I totally get it. And like I said, I, I can listen to advice on both ends. And at the end of the day, you choose your path and what, what, what works for you. And if you're able to be successful, then mm-hmm. it's, um, you know, I don't know how much more you can kind of, uh, you know, look into that and be like, you should change it. So, right. Yeah, yeah, I haven't yeah so absolutely. If it if it isn't broke, don't fix it, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so now, one thing that I really love to ask every gym owner that I speak with is if yeah. you could provide a piece of advice to somebody who is considering going their own way, doing their own thing, opening their own facility. What would that be? Yeah. Um. So so for someone that is already in the field and is transitioning to moving that on their own? Yeah. Uh, or like somebody... kind of like what I did? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. Because I would have changed if you said like, I've got my personal training cert and now I want to open a gym. I'd be like, hey, maybe work at a corporate gym first. Yeah. It teaches right? you a lot. But yeah, mm-hmm. if you're an established trainer and you want to move on on your own, I think the biggest advice I would say, and it's something I already knew, but it took me a while to figure out was mm-hmm. that you're going to be better off right? Because your, your risk is, it, it's going to seem high, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, it's going to pay off, mm-hmm. right? Um, it, it's super scary to go from something that you feel is comfortable to something that's unknown, right? Because at the end of the day, we want to provide food for our families and we don't yes. want to be on the street, 
And that's a big concern for people. Like all of a sudden, all your hard work, all your education and your amazing personality is all of a sudden going to land you on the street because you went on on your own. And that's just not realistic, mm -hmm. right? So the biggest thing for me kind of moving forward was, like I said, having that flexibility in my schedule. Like I was looking at things the scary way and I wasn't looking at things the positive way. And yeah. hopefully people just look at things a positive way, but it's always going to work out and you can always fall back on those kind of jobs, right? If I called up, I want to say if I called up any gym right now and I said, hey, I got 31 clients and I've been on my own and I just, you know, I'm tired of this, you know, scheduling my, my clients on my own time and I want to work at a corporate gym, I, I feel like they would hire me back, right? Mm -hmm. So um, I would say to just kind of look on the positive side and, and to listen to other business owners, reach out to other people that have been on their own and kind of yeah. pick their brain. But um, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's going to pay off because if you're thinking that way, then you're already kind of like ahead of the game. Right. Yeah. Success is the only option. Yeah. And, you know, for me personally, when I got to a master trainer at 24 Hour Fitness, they were giving all the newer clients. Like I said, I'm only speaking on what I know, right? right. I don't know how their gyms work. So um, they were giving all the new clients to the newer trainers. Mm. So all the veteran trainers weren't getting their own business because, ah, oh, they already have kind of their own business, right? Mm -hmm. We need to build up these guys that are just coming up, which is a smart business move. So for me, I looked at that and said, wait, what am I losing? I'm right. not getting any clients from them. I'm not getting any clients from the membership side, right? For the service side, like I'm on my own. I'm just paying them a shit ton of money. Now you have to cuss. You said, if I cuss, you cuss. <laughs> so I'm paying them a lot of money, right? Yep. So it's like, and they're not giving me any, they're just providing me with a facility. Cool. Mm -hmm. So now let me look at the numbers. How much am I paying them? How much is that a month? Can I get a place that's that much or lower? and make right. more money. Yes. And that's kind of the way I was thinking. And then that's kind of when I moved on, I learned that right away that I was like, mm -hmm. wow, yeah, I'm, I'm in the same boat, except now I kind of actually feel even more confident selling someone personal yes. training, because now they don't have like, you know, an overhead on a membership monthly, or they don't, mm -hmm. you know, they're just talking directly to me. So um, and, it, and it really worked out. Yeah, right. Absolutely. And that's the part about being in a corporate facility about personal training is like a lot of times you're required to acquire your own clients but you have no idea how to do that a lot of the time especially when you first yeah. start off and sure. then it's like you're in a position where okay you've got some and then like you said they're giving the, the new personal yeah. training clients to the new people coming up and it's like okay now what yeah like, and, where do I go from here yeah and it's like if you can feed your own business on your own yeah. and that makes more yeah. sense and, and the last four years that I was at 24 hour fitness I was getting my own clients right by by what referral and word of mouth mm -hmm. so you know it so I was like okay so it's, it's it's the exact same thing right so it made it really easy for me to make the transition because it, it made me kind of believe in myself and and don't get me wrong when you start off you need to be working the floor and going to talk to people. Hey, you want to, I got a free 30 minutes. Do you want to work out real quick? My client didn't show up. You're just lying. Right. And you're like, my client didn't show up. Do you mind if I just take you out and show you a couple of things or blah, blah, blah. And you got to do all that like legwork, right. That's like yes. super awkward and sometimes uncomfortable for people, but that's how you build like your community right in the gym. And then once you kind of start servicing people, like every person that you reach out to that loves you and that finds results, how many people are in their lives that they're going to ask them why you look really good. Right. So now she's telling people, well, I'm a, with a personal trainer, like that should come up, I hope. Right. Mm -hmm. And then 
every now and then you tell 20 people, one might call you. Mm -hmm. So, and then the bigger that pot is, the more opportunity you have. And I think when you're, um, when you've been in the industry for, for a very long time and you have a big group of clients, you, you have those connections. And what I do is I have a list of current clients and I know like, boom, got to stay on their butt. Right. Then I have a list of previous clients that I can text every now and then. Right. Mm -hmm. So, and that list is like 80. Right. Current list is like 30. Mm -hmm. right so then I can always like you know someone's fitness is always going to run through your mind at some point of the year sure January 1st and all that kind of stuff sure mm -hmm. the start of summer things like that right mm -hmm. but that comes twice a year for the big hitting months and mm -hmm. then you go through that list of 80 people and send text out and be like hey I hope you're doing well right they're not going to think like oh yeah shoot I did gain some pounds in the summer they're not going to think that you're thinking that but right. it might create Spark that seed in their head and then yeah and they're going to call you. And what I always heard was, I heard something great that said, basically, the sign of a good trainer isn't if your client stays with you forever. Is The sign of a good trainer is that when your client thinks of personal training, they think of you, mm -hmm. right? So because clients aren't forever, right? But if, if they train for six months and they fall off for a year, and then when they say, you know what, I get, need to get back into shape, mm -hmm. I'm going to call Joe. Right. And mm -hmm. that to me is like, cool. I made a positive impact in your life. I may not have known why they stopped. It could have been a, a million different reasons, but when they thought about it again, they came to me, mm -hmm. you know, and I think that's valuable too. Yes. Yes, absolutely. All righty. So as we start to wrap up here, where can the listeners yeah. find you on social media? Um, so you can go to the Instagram that's finished Republic SD. Mm -hmm. Um, as in SD as in San Diego. Um, I haven't posted in probably a year. So that's cool. You can look through those old pictures and hopefully it motivates you. But um, and then you can reach out, uh, finishrepublic.org. I mean, the finishrepublic.org is the website. So you can check that out. Um, or you can, um, when you go on the website, it has my direct cell phone on there. Huge mistake. Okay, that's what I would tell someone. Oh yeah. <laughs> when you start off, because I started off like, you know what? I'm just going to service a certain amount of clients. I didn't think it would get to the point where I was like super, super busy and people are reaching out to me all the time. All that hours. Did, that did happen, right? You're going to get people that are like sanitation people and you're going to get people that are all sorts of, of different companies looking out for you. So um, I would say definitely invest in another phone or, or, or have another phone number directly linked to your business so you yeah. can actually turn that aspect off when you need to. Mm -hmm. I cannot, but still reach out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Great piece of advice there. I yeah. mean, I used to use uh, Facebook Messenger for members, clients, and I would yeah. get messages at 2 a.m. You know, it's like it never stops. So if you can somehow, you know, obviously you can silence those. So that's nice. Um, yeah. yeah, if you can uh, separate things a little bit, then that's definitely a good piece of advice there. Another piece of advice I would give is to treat your clients literally like they're your family and they're your best friends. Um, yes. these people grow to be that in your life, right? And make sure that they know that. So mm -hmm. let me ask you something, Brie. So how many, yeah. do you have a best friend? I do. How many times do you see him a month? Well, mm. it's a little, it's a bad question to ask me, but I oh. guess, well, we can, we can, cause my friend lives in Ohio. So, oh, okay. <laughs> so she's That's far away, but if okay. we're, my other best friend is my sister. So oh. multiple times a month, very often, actually. Right. Okay. Yes. So bad example on my part, <laughs> but basically, so for my part, right. It's like, you see your best friend, probably like you want to see him once a week, but maybe every other week. Right. Mm -hmm. Especially if your lives are busy and, and you don't live right. super close. Right. Yes. 
but you see your clients like 12 times a month. Yeah. Right. So mm -hmm. at the end of the day, it's like two to 12, like these people then become your friends because you see them all the time. Right. Right. And you built a relationship. So mm -hmm. always make sure that they, they know that. Yes. Right. So, um, in whatever way you want to show them that, but I always thought that that was super valuable to tell people because they become a part of your life and, um, don't take it for granted because when they leave, it sucks. Mm -hmm. Yes, so, absolutely. It's like, you're losing a best friend. Yes. <laughs> I know. Oh, all right. So Joe from fitness Republic in San Marcos, California. Thanks so much for taking the time to join us today. It's been so great Thank having you. you on the show. Thank you for having me, Bri. I appreciate it. Absolutely. And to all the listeners out there, make sure that you subscribe so that you'll be updated on future episodes of the show. In the meantime, keep killing it out there and we will catch you on the flip side. Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer and make more money, Head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to gym owners, fitness pros who are in the trenches, doing work, changing lives in their areas. I'm your host, Dominic, today. I am here with Melissa and Chuma from Anytime Fitness in Texas, Red Oaks and Dripping Springs. How are you two doing today? Doing good. Doing well, thank you. Awesome, awesome. Let's jump right into it. Um, Alyssa, you're the GM of one of the locations. Chuma, you're a regional manager. Whoever wants to take it first, hop in, give us a little bit of an intro. Tell us about yourself and your role. I'll go first. So my name's Alyssa. I'm the GM for the Red Oak location. So we're Red Oak, Texas. Um, yeah, our club right now, we have a good bit of members that are actually active in our club. So we're buzzing. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's been great. So uh, I came on as a trainer here. So I do training and I'm the GM. Um, and that's how I got started with the company was through training. So building those personal connections. Awesome. Um, I started and I don't know if we want to go this far back, but I'm going to shoot for it anyway. Go for it, man. Uh, I, uh, I started in the fitness industry uh, about 2008, um, started as a trainer, um, then took over a fitness directing uh, position, uh, moved down to Texas. Uh, worked for LA Fitness for a number of years before I started with Anytime Fitness, I think in 2019, and then I've been with them ever since, uh, working with primarily at the beginning at the Drippy Springs location, and now uh, I help out with both clubs, and I work with Alyssa and Rando quite a bit in terms of making that club su successful, so. Perfect. Perfect. Alyssa, if, if you said it, I didn't catch it. I'm sorry. How long have you been with the company for? I've been with Anytime since 2018. Okay. All right. So you guys have some, have some time with the company. So um, I really, I always like when I see somebody that, you know, it, with this franchise model, with so much competition in fitness, um, different methodologies, different brands, all this stuff, 
there are things that draw people to specific franchises, to specific owner groups. So for you two, and you can both take a crack at this, how much of it for you is, is working for an anytime and how much is it for working for the owners and managers that you have in place that's, that's been the biggest draw and kept you? Yeah, so um, when I came on in 2018, I came on as just a trainer. So I had a separate job from training uh, and actually left another gym to come to this one. So at the time that the manager I was hired under, I really clicked with her very well and saw how she interacted with members, uh, which I appreciated. So as I got into the company, it's like I started learning more about our ownership group and they're really good. It's a really good group of guys um, and they they want to see everyone successful. So it's very <laughs> inspiring and it makes you want to be better just being part of the group. Yeah, for me, I mean, it's, it really is more about the ownership group and the, and the team than it was the franchise itself. Uh, Anytime Fitness has been great uh, with with franchises. You know, they, they every one of them, I think, has their pros and their cons. The pros definitely outweigh the cons with Anytime Fitness. But again, it's a, the ownership group is one of those uh, groups of guys that will give you the freedom to make the decisions that you need to make as long as it's uh, long as you're having success and really the sky is the limit. The more that we can make this club successful, they're very much open to opening another one and another one. And I think that's important for a person like myself and a person like Alyssa that have aspirations of growing within this industry uh, to have a regional position or oversee multiple clubs or um, things of that nature. So to, to sum it up, really it's the, the people that we work with. It's, it's the, the big deal for me. Yeah. So corporate is good and they provide the type of model and facility that you feel gets clients good results, that has the, the structure, the vibe, the generality of what you'd want in a gym from the kind of black and white perspective, the, the tangible, the, the components of a gym but it's the ownership group that you feel gives it the feeling and makes it the place where you're building a career and want to stay for a while. Sure. Yeah, sure. I mean, I, I think, you know, Alyssa's the face of that club, right? Is, you know, you can put, you can put uh, anytime fitness on there. You can put whatever on there. It could be the, it's the owners have their investments in there, but it's the people that make it go. So, you know, I can show up at the gym. Nobody knows who I am. They're not asking me any questions. They're not asking me for help with their account. They're looking for Alyssa. Um, even though I can do that, they're like, no, we'll wait for Alyssa because she has her fingerprint on that club. So, um, you know, again, it's, it's the people, I think, that make the particular clubs go. Awesome. Awesome. So let's talk a little bit about um, the way that the model has been affected by covid uh, haven't had the same opportunities to put, to pivot um, as say like uh, online personal training has and and some different types of coaching has. When you really depend on people being able to come in, um, what type of lockdowns, what type of restrictions did you experience, and and has it changed how you do business now that hopefully hopefully we're on the backside of this thing. Yeah. So um, when I took over as manager, it was actually February of 2020. Oh, so, great. Yeah, I got, I got like a month <laughs> and then we got completely shut down. 
So at the beginning when we were shut down, we tried to do um, some things outside, like some group training, uh, which we got that got shut down to um, for our area, unfortunately. And we did also try to start offering online coaching. Um, I think at that time, it just wasn't taking off the way we hoped it would. Uh, really coming out of the shutdowns and things like that, I think we as a staff were hungry. So it was like just really like trying to talk to people and get them in the door and then trying to show them the value of what training has. Uh, another thing with that, it makes you become more open to different things. So it's changed the way that we do training really just in general. Um, like we give out homeworks, our trainers do. So we don't even write them out anymore. They're digital homeworks. So it's just changed some things. Awesome. And are you, uh, are those coming through a branded app and individual? How are they, how are those distributed? So Anytime Fitness does have their own uh, online coaching portal. Uh, we do ours personally. So it's like the trainer will send a PDF to a client that actually has their specific workout on it. So you're keeping it very personal then? Yes. Oh, yes. Okay, cool. What other things um, have, have you adapted to or have you taken out, if anything, from things, adjustments, pivots you needed to make during the pandemic, but now are just business practices, regular, you know, going about your day. Is there anything else that you've carried over that you don't necessarily have to, but you found or like, oh, all right, this, the pandemic brought this about and we like this X, Y, Z, we're going to keep it. Yeah, definitely. So it's really, um, it's kind of flowed into everything that we do. So we don't see our members as just like a client. So it's like if they do personal training, for example, they're not just getting workouts and a trainer, they're getting a coach. So they're getting the training side of it. They're getting the nutrition side of it and they're getting a, a tap into like mental health. So like you have someone that you can directly message and it's like, we're checking in on you. We know all about your life. So it's like, if we had some kind of incident where we slipped up on diet, why did we slip on slip up on diet? Like what was stressful to you that day? What's going on in your life? So it's like, we start to do these things where we have, it's almost like coping mechanisms for the client. And it starts to flow over into everything. Like you don't have to be a PT client to come talk to me. So it's really, it sounds like multiple adaptations of taking a model that, that probably was, was personal before and had sort of a family and community feel, but I guess on the outside looks like a self-service or low interaction and how personal can we make this? How involved can we get people? How much impact can be, can we have just leveraging whatever interactions that we have? Right. Um, so it, like our gym community has always been great here. It's very diverse uh, in our, the people that come in the door and the training styles that we see. So there's a little bit of everything here. Um, and then it's like with all of that, you have your interactions with the individual. So it's almost like taking it from having a group of people that you speak to, to individualizing it to one. 
Shuma, anything with this that you've seen um, differ much from the one from the Dripping Springs location to the Red Oak or anything else that you've seen as an adaptation or some things that you've been able to implement at the higher level of management from these changes? Well, I think I think the the shutdown obviously, you know, it ceased business, so that's not good, right? Right. But the benefit was it allowed us to kind of really sit down. I know Alyssa and I, uh, the manager over at uh, Dripping Springs as well, we sat down a lot and went to the drawing board on what are what are our processes? How are people coming into the club, especially with all the restrictions that we're going to have once we reopen? So how do we tour? How do we streamline getting information to the client? Uh, Alyssa was very instrumental in terms of making sure that we set out online uh links to where people can sign up and videos where people can virtually tour uh, the club and things like that, just to kind of be within that social distancing thing. And as well as posting workouts and videos and stuff on social media to keep um, members active and engaging with us when we were in the club. And then on the flip side of that is when Alyssa took over, the club, there wasn't really a process to sell personal training. It was let's try to make it as cheap as possible and hopefully a person to come in and just say they want to buy training, which is not sales to me, which we're in a sales. I, I don't know if you guys agree. I believe we're in, we're in, we're in this business to help people, but it is a sales driven business. Right. Yes. Right. Well, however people feel about that, we do have to sell. So before it was like, Hey, let's just try to make it as cheap as possible. And people are going to buy personal training based on price point. And during that time and with Alyssa coming on, we were able to start brainstorming and role playing and kind of going over things to build value in terms of what you're getting in the membership, who we are as a staff, what you're getting from us as a brand. And then in terms of the same thing with personal training, what is our approach? What is our process uh, in terms of making that pitch or talking to the prospect? And we were able to take the price point from where it was to uh, now being able to, you know, value and monetize that in the proper way for the, the, the trainer to make more revenue and make more income. So that was the biggest thing through the pandemic that I, I took away from working with her, uh, just getting started working with her and the things we were able to accomplish during that downtime. Yeah, very well said. And I will say, I'm on your side 100% when if somebody doesn't think that they're in a sales business, uh, you're wrong. They're just, there's so many opportunities that get missed because of this. And if you want to hold people's feet to the fire, why are you in this business? I'm in this business to help people. Well, in our business, unless you're independently wealthy, the only time you can help somebody is if they give you money and you give them a service. It might be gym access, might be personal training. It might be nutrition, but until you give someone the opportunity to pay you for your goods and services, you can't help them. So I think sure. sometimes people, if they can, and I always say it's like a switch gets flipped. And it's like, hey, you know, Mr. And Mrs. Jones is in front of me and I know they need help. I know they need the help that I can give them. I cannot help them until they say, okay, this is, you know, this is what we're doing. This is how much it costs. There might be some negotiation. You may want someone to train four times a week. Their budget allows too. But until you have that transaction, you can't start that next level of helping people. So you sure. can say you don't like sales all you want, but 
you're the professional. People are there for help. If you don't offer it to them, you're not giving them the opportunity to get help. So you got to figure out what you're, what you're really saying when you say you want to help people. So I'm with you hundred percent. Yeah, definitely. So I want to switch. I, I get an idea of where you guys are from higher level, how you run the, the clubs, what you're looking to do, you know, be more interactive, being a personal service. So I want to talk about how that translates into your daily processes and operations. So from the start, what are you doing to get people to be like, Hey, you know, we're here, we're open, we're following all the rules. We're a place that you want to come to work out and hit your fitness goals. Are you, is it paid advertising? Are you online? Are you on Google? Are you going and doing community events? Is some combination of those, like, what are you doing to get people back in the doors? So we do a little bit of everything at our location. So uh, Facebook ads, Instagram, and then we have, we have flyers, which we put a QR code on that goes directly to our signup page so that members can sign up online if they choose to sign up online. Also, any leads that we get, we automatically send out a, a sign-up link. So whatever our current special is, they're able to see that. They're able to pick their plan. They can view the gym uh, virtually, all from their phone, if they wanted to do it from their phone, honestly. So they can do it anywhere. Um, we are also involved in the community. So we go to community events. Um, we also host them. So we, we try to get as involved as we can. Um, a lot of stuff is like, just really goes back to connecting with people, honestly. So any phone calls that we're getting, we're really trying to learn the customer. So what are you actually looking for? What do you actually need? We know what days work best for you to come in, what times work best for you. Um, talking to people, we're on a strip. So our club's not in, an independent building. We're on a strip. Okay. We talk to people on the sidewalks and the parking lots all the time. So it's like, it's really, it goes back to like, how can you connect with the, the person that's has any kind of interest in your business or your services? So you have a, a lot of different avenues covered there. Chuma, anything that you've seen from, a, you know, the higher level that maybe in a regional aspect, things that work in different areas, things that you're trying to adapt from one to the other, um, or strategies that you're working on implementing going forward that maybe you haven't yet. Is there any anything in the works for you on that end? Yeah, I mean, it's it's really, when you're looking at Anytime Fitnesses, and I believe even other franchises that are, are similar, most of them are in smaller demographic areas, right? Um, so you have like, um, like Drippy Springs is outside of Austin, right? About 20 minutes outside of Austin. So working and being involved in your community is very, very important. Getting involved with as much as you possibly can, whether from, uh, I don't care if it's an event that's catered towards, you know, older demographic, youth, sports, whatever you can get involved with to, to, always be seen as important. And one of the things that we're working on right now, especially Red Oak, is really trying to put our staff out there and get people to understand our staff. I've worked at a number of different clubs and that's one thing that has never really been done. And I think that clubs are scared to promote their staff and put their staff out there because they're scared they're going to take away from the brand. And I, I disagree. I think that 
if you put your staff in a position to be recognized and they can uh, have a brand within a brand, they're going to be there longer and they're going to make the money that they need to take care of themselves. So that's one of the things that we're really working on is how do can I take what Alyssa brings to the table and put that out there because there might be a person that wants needs to hear her message and really gravitates her. They don't ma really matter if it's at any time fitness or anywhere else. They really want to work with her, or really want to work with Tyler, or really want to work with Sydney, or really want to work with Chuma or Dominic. Right. So whomever's there um, is helping them elevate themselves and put themselves out, out there, develop a message and get that across to the consumer. Uh, and we house a place for them to operate. And I love how passionate you get about some of this stuff. You just you get fired up and it just <laughs> yeah. it, flows, it flows out of you. So I appreciate that a lot. So we're talking about sales. We're talking about this being a, a personal relationship business and even going more towards that. And, you know, you hit on it even more with like our trainers are just as much our brand as anytime fitness is maybe above and beyond what's going to get and keep people in. So once people come in the door, um, what type of process do you do you bring people in? And I've been through, you know, various um, intakes at, at different franchise gyms, some of them. They sign you up and they they set you out on your own. And then maybe somewhere at some point, someone says, hey, you want to try personal training? Some people do a full consultation and will try to make a recommendation right off the bat because they think people have goals and most of them do. What kind of process do you take people through? And and if there's been any any big adjustments that you've made, you know, as you two, you know, Lisa, as you've been manager and Chuma, as you've been manager and then regional manager any big things you've done to move the needle on that process definitely so the minute someone walks in the door it's you know hi my name is Alyssa. what's your name so you make a connection right there um and then you know as i'm walking them in i'm asking them you know have you ever worked out at an anytime fitness before have you ever worked out at our location so you start to learn your customer early on and as we're you know walking through for a tour um, I'm asking them, you know, do you have any goals? What are you looking for in a gym? And at that point, we're having conversation. So it's like, I'm, I'm still showing them the gym, right? Explaining to them things, um, asking them if they're familiar with equipment, things like that. But you're really starting to learn who the person is in front of you. So it's like, oh no, I had a baby five years ago and then I got a full-time job. I haven't worked out in five years. I used to play volleyball. You know, you get their whole story on the tour. So by the time that you come back around and you're sitting in front of them, signing them up for their membership, I turn around and start scheduling them for their consult. Either I have time to do it right then and there, or I can get them in my schedule. And it goes back to what time works best for you, what day works best for you. When do you plan on coming in for your first workout? Um, and that really just starts, you know, getting things in motion as far as that goes. Um, and it, it really gets you that connection with them. So they walk in the gym the next time they're here, they already know your name. And they're a little more comfortable just walking in the door. And they're excited a lot of the times. I've seen a lot of people become excited with that. But it's not just their gym membership. It's like, I'm excited to actually participate in what's going on in the club. Awesome, awesome. Very, very thorough and directed process that you have there. Chuma, it looked like you were, you had something you wanted to add in there. 
Yeah, I, I just want to add that's a big difference between a uh, big difference than what they were doing before, right? It's like here's the price for this, or somebody will reach out to you. You know, one thing is that we have to make that part of the play, right? Um, you know, we want to sit down with as many people as possible. And I think one of the mistakes that was made in the past is that, you know, we just leave it up to chance. You might interact with me. Somebody may call you. Um, but this is a sales-driven sales business, right? So we have to talk to as many people as possible. So like Alyssa just said, she flows right from the membership sale to when are you coming in for your first workout? Yeah. Oh, you're going to work out right now? The next part of your membership is this and goes right into her console. Or when are you coming in? Monday at 3 o'clock? Great. I'll see you then. We're going to work out X, Y, and Z, right? And confirming your appointments and making sure that we have enough sets throughout the day. So um, just want to piggyback off of what she just said and, you know, making sure that we're flowing from the membership process right into this is the next step not do you want to or we have this uh you can do this if you want this is the next step in the process is is this right perfect it's just choreographed it's orchestrated in a way that you can give people the most value you don't miss an opportunity to help someone the business obviously benefits because more revenue means you pay the bills you keep the lights on you can help more people you can continue and it's not left up to chance at all. Not everything sure. always goes to plan, but you're not leaving any part of it to chance. Okay. So I know that you offer personal training as a service at your locations. Um, and I feel like this, now we start to get into, into territory with revenue streams and services, value adds, and different different gyms love or hate or, or maybe don't touch different things. So uh, questions we get the most are, you know, nutritional training, supplement sales, and meals as other revenue streams. So where do you guys fall on the spectrum of those things? So we do offer nutrition coaching, and then we also have um, a supplement line in our gym, um, which, you know, I'll recommend what I think the person in front of me actually needs, which I'm very upfront and honest about that. So if, you know, I don't think you need a pre-workout with 200 milligrams of caffeine because you work out at 8 p.m., you know, I'm not going to recommend that to you. I'm going to recommend our non-stem. So it doesn't have caffeine in it, but it has a lot of B12. So you're still going to get that energy boost. It's just not going to be something that keeps you up at night. Cool. Um, as far as um, the, the line that you sell, is it a corporate line? Is it something that you brought in locally? How has that worked in? Jim, I think they're more local. Yeah, it's not It's not do any time fitness. It's not something that we're mandated to sell type of deal. It's a, a company there um, out of um, McKinney, Texas, uh, which isn't far from the Red Oak location. Actually, we came across their, their product. Um, I, I started taking it personally and uh, introduced it to the clubs, to the staff. They they enjoyed it. I think it's important that anything that we're selling that we uh, we believe in one, right? And it's not going to move if you don't, right. right? You can say, hey, sell this, sell this. They're going to pitch it to people and be like, yeah, it's okay, <laughs> right? Type of deal. So we got staff buy-in. They really enjoyed it, and um, you know we've been been working with them ever since. Cool, cool. Always good to see the difference between you know some franchises have certain restrictions or requirements, but 
if you want people, like you say, if you want people to sell it, it should be because they're bought in because they believe in it and not just because, Hey, this is what corporate provides us. If you want it, it's $29.99. Thank you very much. So, right. Uh, all right. So we're winding down here as far as time that we have available, but I want to get from a little bit from both of you on the corporate level or, you know, on the, on the higher level where you are Chuma and on the individual level, but also for you as professionals, like we're at the beginning of a new year, it's 2022. What kind of goals have you guys set for yourself? What are you trying to do in 2022 as far as yourselves professionally, you know, Alyssa at your location and Chuma for you as an overseer, what are, what are the plans? What are the goals? So I have a few different um, takes on that. <laughs> so right. like I have individual goals for myself because I want to grow significantly in 2022. Um, my staff, I want to see them develop as well. So I want to see everyone be taken seriously as a fitness professional in the club. Um, and I want our members to really see that value and, you know, people outside of our gyms completely. So we can train you from anywhere. You know, so it's a lot of that uh, building a brand within a brand. That's what we're really focusing on right now as far as the training staff goes. Um, and then beyond that with the club, it's like I just I'm constantly want to see an improvement here. So like I I can walk through the club right now and tell you 10 things that I want to see change, you know, and it's not that our club is in bad shape or anything like that. It's just I want to see it excel. I want us to be the best. Yeah, it's, it's good, but why not more, right? Yeah. All right. I like that attitude. Chuma, what do you got? Um, in terms of the club, uh, you know, like Alyssa just said, we we actually just emailed the ownership on this and that. They're actually working <laughs> on. Okay, cool. Let's let's get some of these things knocked out. Um, personally, my biggest thing is actually helping these guys get to a certain level is my personal goal. So we've kind of, we've talked, uh, each team member and I have talked about a personal strategy for themselves. Where do you want to be and what more do we have to do to get there? And the beauty is, is we're really close, right? We're one month in the end of the year and we're at, we're at prime time to take advantage of 2022 to help everybody get to where they need to be. And the focus is leveraging their time leveraging their time to increase their personal value. So how do we get you more time back in the club? And how do we uh, get you more income, right? And I want to be able to put everybody in a position where uh, I'm hoping that everybody can get in a position like, hey, I work at Anytime Fitness and people will kind of look over and be like, okay, that's that's fine. I'm a, I'm a whatever, which may be considered a super professional job right? But our income is the same, right? Um, so, you know, my goals is to help them get to where they need to be, which we've already identified. And we're just implementing the, doing the right things every day uh, to get there. Awesome. Fantastic. Last question for you guys before we, before we let you go. Uh, again, you, you both can, um, I'm interested in both of your input here. From your experience, from your time in the business, from your time with any time before, whatever whatever the case may be, um, for our listeners, have there been any big lessons, any mantra, anything um, that you feel has served you the best for your time in the industry? And 
maybe you wish you could go back and tell your younger self or share with our audience? <laughs> so I really wish that earlier on in the industry, I would have uh, taken more leaps. So there's a lot of things that you know people have ideas and they think, oh, I want to be at this level, but they're not taking the first step. So it's the same thing. It's like, I want to grow. I've always wanted to grow, but I've grown more in the past 12 months than I've grown in my whole training career. So it's like starting to take those leaps. That's a big deal. Like, just do it. If you fail at it, you fail at it. The likelihood is that you're going to be successful, really, because you're going to get something out of it. So it's just taking leaps. I hear that so many times and I love it every single time I hear it because I, I feel like I just hope it starts to resonate with more and more people because it's, you know, and, and I always back it up with, if you have the passion and the work ethic, you're, you're 90% of the way there. Just do the next thing. Shima, what about you? Uh, I had a guy, <laughs> I had a guy tell me one time, I think there's a lot of time wasted in the gym, right? People are at the gym a lot. If you're doing anything at the club, if you're a good trainer, if you're a good, you're at the gym a lot. You're an owner, you're at the gym a lot, right? And I had a guy, um, as I was coming up, mentoring me a little bit, and he talked about money-making activities. What are your money-making activities? So I try to tell every, I, I try to portray to, or give to everybody is, how are you spending your time? Because there's a lot of time talking about the game. There's a lot of time talking about stuff that doesn't really matter, right? And we want to interact and, 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 and talk to our, our members and that type of thing. But laying out our day, having a process for success and money-making activities. What am I doing over this next hour that's going to set me up for success tomorrow at the end of the week and the end of the month and next month? Um, so for any new person, money-making activities and have a, a – a, a process every day in which you approach things. Oh yeah. And in our business, it's one of the unique fields that people can go into your money-making activities. You can directly tie to how many people can I be helping right now? There's no, there's not really a middleman. There's not a long process. It's like the things that I do to get paid for are impacting right now people that I can see and interact with. So sure. I think we're, we're a little spoiled in that regard. And sometimes it's easy to, to lose sight of it, but there's a lot of people that can be doing things that make money. And they never see the benefits of it. They never get the fist bump, the hug, the handshake. And uh, I think those two things go so well together in our business that it's what keeps me around it. That's for sure. Yeah. It's, it's sure. a perfect combination. So we are just about out of time here, guys. Um, before I let you go, um, websites, social media, any place we can find either one of you, the clubs, anything you want to drop, now's the time. Yeah, definitely. So our club is in Red Oak, Texas. Um, we're 24-7. Uh, you can sign up online. <laughs> and we do have an Instagram. So our Instagram is Red Oak, Anytime Fitness, Red Oak TX. Um, and then my personal handle is L-Y-S-S-A-M-A-A-Y-N-E. <laughs> All right. Chuma, anything you want to add to that? N not really. I'll, I'll stay out the way. I'll stay out the <laughs> behind the scenes. 
Go check out the club. Go see Alyssa, and uh, she'll take care of you. All right, guys. I appreciate you being here. This has been a pleasure. Thank you so much for your time. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Dominic. You're welcome. To everyone out there listening, as always, thank you for being with us. We wouldn't be here without you. We hope you found value and inspiration in this episode. If you want to hear more, click the subscribe button. We'll let you know when new episodes drop. To everyone out there in Jim Lloyd's Nation, keep working hard. Keep changing lives. Keep kicking ass. Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Jim Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald. And joining us on the show are JD and Troy of Unboxed Strength. Gentlemen, What's going on? How are you today? Doing good, man. Excited to be here. Thank you so much for inviting us. I'm excited to dive into this. This is not a new business. Six years in, we've survived a pandemic. We've gone through who knows what else. Guys, take us back six years ago. What was going through your mind? Why did we start this business in the first place? Uh, Well, I'll start with myself. I started personal training in a big box, like a lot of... uh, personal trainers do, and uh, wasn't sure what I wanted to do, but wanted to stay in that fitness industry. So I even worked myself up to a GM of that big box and realized that I really miss interacting with the people, but I also enjoyed creating the experience for the members that came in, which kind of slid over to the idea of, why don't you go ahead and start your own gym? Um, boxing has always been my background, uh, just as a novelist, you know, never any amateur or pro fighting, but just always loved the sport always loved the training around it. So I was able to get some backers and uh, Unbox was born. The idea of using boxing as a vessel along with just, you know, regular uh, fitness protocols to really help people reach their fitness goals. Uh, that's how it all came to be. Yeah. And, and so here we are, right? The business six years later, how have things evolved over time for the two of you? Uh, well, I mean, I'm pretty sure like everybody else out there, uh, the pandemic really caught us by surprise and uh, forced us to change uh, our offering, uh, change the experience drastically. Uh, one thing that I was so proud of is uh, I think we got it from the uh, governor or the governor made the announcement on a Tuesday that gyms were going to shut down at five o'clock that day. Um, yep. This team came together that next day, changed everything to virtual reached out to our members, and then by that following Thursday, uh, so just less than 24 hours, we were closed. 
we're up and running, offering programming, helping our clients. Um, and once again, we have the best members uh, when you get asked for because they were right. really open to the idea of, of, of a change and trying something different. Yeah, and kudos to you guys for the tight turnaround, getting them that product right away. Do you guys still have that virtual aspect to it or have things gone entirely back to the brick and mortar side of things? No, in a good way from that pandemic, it really took us out of our comfort zone a lot faster than we might have wanted to go. We had always toyed with the idea of offering uh, virtual supplements to our in-person training. Uh, we just never made the jump. And here, you know, for better or worse, was a situation in which we had to. Uh, and we quickly, you know, it took some adjustments, but we quickly found our footing in it. And we still offer uh, some virtual programming today. A lot more now in personal and small group training rather than, you know, the large, more open classes. But, you know, for those people that, uh, well, I will say it helped us expand our market out way further. We have some people that uh, are out of state that still train with us. Uh, we had some people briefly out of country that were training with us. Uh, so we still offer it and uh, yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, really it's, it's a valuable tool to add to a, a skill set in a business. And so you guys have kept that around. Talk to us a little bit about the in-person service, right? If we're to put a label on it, it sounds like the majority of it is in the group class setting. Tell us a little bit about that. What could somebody expect if they're to walk through your doors? Well, with our group setting, I mean, one thing is even in group setting, we wanted our members to feel like they were getting personal training. So we made sure that the number of people in the class was small enough to be managed by one trainer, um, you know, the utmost, uh, not to the way that we, a lot of places might try to pack a place, 20, 30 people in that way. We, we teach a skill set here. So when we teach boxing, we teach boxing, we teach kickboxing in the purest form. So that's the other thing that sets us apart is the fact that it's very instructional. It's not something where it's uh, just simply uh, punching in the air and just let's get your heart rate up. We try to get that self-defense aspect of it. We get the theory of it behind it which really gets our members involved. A lot of times our members want to be engaged mentally as long as, as along with being physically. Okay. Uh, and also allows us to really get to know our members as opposed to just a face in a sea of people. Yeah. And, and so I, I really like the idea of focusing on the quality of this, the coaching, the instruction. How many people would be in a, in a given group? if you were to put an average on I mean, it. if we had to do an average, I would say on, on an average, we have anywhere from uh, eight to seven people in a class. Um, if we ever get up to 12, which we've done multiple times, we'll bring another trainer in. So let's say JD's uh, instructing a class and we start seeing a nice flow of people coming in. Then I know I just need to come in and kind of be his wingman and we'll divide that class up. So once again, it'll still fall back to that, you know, right around six people. If we ever had a class that's more than that, then that's a sign we need to add more classes. Sure. And so you guys intentionally are trying to keep it low. With yes. that, it, it, it brings up the idea of pricing because right. this is almost more of a, a small group, semi-private, more so than like the traditional large group atmosphere. What do you guys typically charge for this type of service? Yeah, on average for our classes, and once again, we do have models with how many times you come in, but on average, you're looking at our classes being right around 175 a month. 
Uh, sometimes that can vary, drop down slightly or raise up slightly. But if I had to meet you in the middle, that's what you're looking at. And, you know, we tell our members when they join up, you know, we know we're not the cheapest game in town, but give us a chance, try to class out for free. You'll see the quality of what you're getting. And also we want members that understand that they're investing in themselves. Sure. And Dave, you know, you can't do fitness on a budget. Uh, it doesn't hold you accountable. It doesn't get you the results. Uh, it's nice to have a keychain to show people you go to a gym that's, uh, you know, priced for maybe five or $10. But if you're not using it, it's, it's just that, you know, it's just something that's hanging on a keychain, not getting you to Certainly. where you need to be. Yeah, you pay for what you get in this industry. You pay for what is, you get. Yeah, is exactly. true 99% of the time. Now for you guys, what what brought you to, I mean, you mentioned that there's a probably a number of different price points, but 175 being the, the, the main middle point there. What brought you to that price point? Is that where you guys started six years ago or have things gotten evolved? Over we time? started, we, 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 we started right around there. And I can tell you for myself, you know, I come from a background where it's like, you know, try to get as many people in the class as you can and, you know, make the price as attractive to get that there. And as I started talking to you know, my mentors and talking to my members and things like that, they really convinced me like, you know, what you guys offer is so much more than that. And you shouldn't shy away that you kind of deserve the price that you're putting out there. Uh, it took me a little bit of time to wrap my mind around it. Uh, right. But once I got there and I saw how people had no problem paying it. Uh, and then you also get a certain uh, quality of member who's a little bit more serious about their training, which really helps you not deal with the fly-by-night person, uh, but you're getting someone who's saying, okay, I'm really, I want to get to where I need to be. I know I need help and I want professional help as opposed to just trying to figure it out or just following what the, the herds do. Yeah, it's, it seems backwards, but the more people pay, the less they complain. Yes. And, and because we're typically able to provide a better service, we're able to help them reach their goals much better than the example of 10 or 20 bucks a month that you gave within this sort of model brings us to the idea of, of scaling, right? This is never going to be a situation where we have a thousand members just because you don't have the, the time or the capacity to do this. How many people do you guys serve right now? I'm sorry. What was that last question? How many people do we, how many people do you serve? What's the, what's the total for the membership? Oh, well, right now, our total membership is, like I said, is right around uh, high 80s. Uh, so I would say right around uh, 82, 83 okay. uh, people. Um, and like I said, that's a mixture of both classes. Uh, that's a mixture of one-on-ones. That's a mixture of our kids program. So once again, we have a lot of diversity in our programming also. So uh, that allows us not to have dead time, like a lot of gyms. Right. Uh, trainers might do a split shift. You know, things get slow around let's say nine, and then you come back around two or four. Um, we really work on filling those spaces up for myself and for JD. So there is no downtime. And then also the model is set up to be just like a gym. So during that time, you know, when you join here, you can come in and you can practice the skill set that we've been teaching. You can use our uh, cardio deck. You can use the weights. Once again, it's still that open gym format in that way, which also gives value. Uh, to what we're offering. So you get the, basically the idea is you get the personal training for that price, but you get the gym for free. Where yeah. we know a lot of times you get the gym for a low price, but then when you get that need to get the help you want, there's the upcharge, you know, it's $10 for the gym, 
but then it's $75 for the personal training. And a lot of times members can feel as if they've been bamboozled in a way um, like, oh, I thought this was all going to be part of it. So the gym aspect just comes with it. And people yeah. are very, they're very open. They really do enjoy that idea that I don't need to work one-on-one -on -one with JD and Troy, um, you know, five times a week because I'm learning. And then I can take what I'm learning off that session, come in, apply that to my own training. Troy and JD's always here. So if I do have a question, it's as simple as tapping them on the shoulder or giving them a look. You know, it's, it's being there to really help that person kind of become their own trainer. Sure. And, you know, being boxers and, and martial artists, we understand the importance of repetition and consistency in order to reach whatever goal you have set for yourself. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you guys pack a ton of value into what your members get. Has there been any discussion to go even above the 175 price point? It sounds like people are getting much more than $175 worth of value. Yeah. Um, no, not really. Not at this point. Um, I, okay. I, I like the price point that we're at right now. Uh, our sure. focus is just going to be adding members or, or increasing okay. our membership. Yep. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm just not of the mindset, especially after the pandemic. Our members have been so good to us and stood by so much. Uh, okay. um, I would really feel a certain way to come back and say, okay, and I'm going to charge you more. Sure. Um, you know, if anything, that makes sense. Uh, you know, it's, it's just a, it's just understanding our value and us understanding our members' value to our business. 100%. Now, I think it's important. You mentioned focuses on membership growth, right? Talk to us about that. What is marketing? How are you guys going to go about finding new people to join the business? Yeah. Well, we're, uh, we're slowly but surely putting together a nice little marketing team, uh, actually built from our body of members, people that have hmm. come in, got invested in what we do here and our message uh, and, and our product, and they have a genuine interest in helping us see that grow and helping us, you know, put that out into the creative community. So we actually have several members that are uh, stepped up, really stepped up and uh, offered to uh, help us manage our things like social media accounts, which Perfectly honest, uh, Troy and myself, you know, as much as we love the training, it, that's a hard, that has been a hard habit to form for the two of us. So having a member, having members that, that, you know, are genuinely, again, genuinely interested in that sort of world, the world of Instagram, the world of uh, uh, your Facebook market, the world of, you know, Google and all that stuff, having people interested in stuff like that and having the know-how uh, has been Invaluable. So, so you know, we've had um, uh, one member uh, offering to totally revamp our website for us, bring that all up uh, out of the Stone Age. Uh, we've had another member who her profession is social media marketing, and she has very generously offered to you know give us pointers and stuff like that. Um, and and you know, more and more people step up and offer to help in in this way or that. Not even just marketing, not to get off topic. Not even just marketing, but, but, but you know, a lot of people have uh, just become so, you know, attached to what we do, emotionally attached to what we do and what, you know, what we provide here that, you know, they've you know, really stepped up, really lives up to that whole, you know, takes a village uh, sort of, you know, phrasing and mentality. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's interesting because so many people that own businesses do so because 
they were great trainers or great coaches and thought that they could do it. And then they find out that running a business is a completely different skill set. It involves all of these other things. And to your point, people make entire careers out of these sort of activities, social media marketing, website development. And they're typically just not skill sets that the majority of gym owners have. So you guys have utilized the community to help you chip in on those things. What does that look like? What are we, so you, you mentioned focusing on social media and, and the website and development there. Have you guys ventured into using the paid side of social media or is this entirely organic so far? Right now, very organic. Like I said, we're kind of boning up. If you, if you get on our Instagram, you can definitely tell from the time me and JD were putting together to the point that we had <laughs> someone back to you. It's, it's a, a very strong contrast um, with it. So once again, as much as our members are helping us, we also want to learn it, right? Mm-hmm. So it, it's not something that I want to rely on their yeah. charity because they're busy, they have things to do. Um, and it falls on us as owners to learn sure. every aspect of it. Just yeah. like you said, it's also good to know what you're not good at and to be able to reach out to people and say, well, I'm smart enough best, to know that I don't know this. Yeah, the right? best coaches in the world have coaches themselves. Yeah, they I, are I, coachable. I and so, just that. If your coach doesn't have a coach, you might want to look for a new coach. You know, right. whether it's, you know, it, like I said, having some type of mentor uh, that they run questions to, whether it's having someone that keeps them on their P's and Q's when it comes to whatever skill set they're passing on. You know, this is, is this this industry is no different than a tech industry where there's always something new coming out. Of you know, always have to be in there. And a lot of times I find trainers kind of get so stuck in their box, their cubicle, that when they raise up and they're wondering where their members went, it was they went to the next thing. You know, whether it is virtual, uh, whether it is, you know, integrating you know, technology and with their fitness, how many steps they have, you know, you need to be constantly aware of these things. And it can be hard when you're constantly worried about how your gym's running. If you don't have another voice saying, hey, look over here, here's a hot new thing coming, JD. Here's another thing that people are working well on my side. And it can be hard because a lot of times we can see ourselves as competition, right? You know, we don't want to talk to each other because we don't want anybody to know this recipe to the secret sauce. Um, but I kind of feel, you know, if you find what your niche is um, and you're confident in it, um, I know for myself, I've had tons of uh, other trainers that I've worked with come across um, and I build up such a rapport that they'll be like, hey, you should go see Troy. Hey, yeah. you should go see JD. You know, and that's kind of a testament to the fact of let's all work together as opposed to, you know, pulling everything close into ourselves and just keeping it that way. I think that's a really good point. And I think it's important to differentiate between the product that you guys offer and the process to deliver it, right? Right. The product, you guys, nobody can emulate that. Nobody can copy you and how you coach. But where we can improve is typically the process, right? It's things like lead generation. It's things like our sales process where we can improve a little bit better, a little bit better and tweak and adjust and that's where you can, that's what you talk about, right? Hey, I've seen success in this sort of field. Hey, these guys are doing this. Maybe we could try that. And it's just keeping your ear to the ground and being aware of what's Absolutely. going on in the industry. I want to know a little bit about, for you guys, what a typical sales process looks like, right? We get a lead from somewhere, Facebook, okay. website, walk in off the street, referral, whatever it may be. 
they reach out to you guys, what happens next in their process towards becoming a paid member? All right, well, let's take a scenario like a lead comes to our website, okay? Yep. So a lead comes to our website, we get a notification that there's a lead, someone who left their information. We're really big on getting back to that person within that day, mm. max. Every once in a while, you know, things get busy, you haven't checked it, and we might lose uh, somebody maybe a day and a half, but that instant response is key and very important to it. Um, we always ask them, you know, how did you find out about us? Our biggest marketing has always been referrals. Um, yep. We lean on that heavily, um, whether it's referrals from our members, whether it's referrals from other gyms, which has happened a lot to us, um, but people finding us from people that they trust. A lot of times that helps in the sales process. I can't talk again how great that is when someone's like, look, Mike already knows you. I hold Mike in high regard. I'm basically ready to join up. If Mike says you yeah. guys are good, you're good. You know, it almost sells itself. Um, we are big on sitting down and getting to know the member, not rushing the process. So sure. even from myself coming out of a big uh, box, when it came to sales, it was all about, you know, as soon as you meet them, get the hard sell. Got to get them as soon as you possibly can. You know, get them out on the floor, get some type of commitment, get that card swiped because you don't want them to leave because the idea was if they leave, they won't come back. Um, I've always been a guy that's a little bit slower in my sales. I like to soft sale. I want the person that wants to be here and I haven't somehow hoodwinked them or talked so fast that they don't know that uh, they just joined. And I, now, you know, two months down the road, I have to deal with someone wanting to leave. Right. Um, yeah. By doing the soft sale, in my opinion, which is sitting down, talking to them, not rushing it, getting them a free class. A lot of times if they're very sketchy or scared about joining, I'll do a free one-on-one. -on -one. So they can have a baseline. So then they can try the class. So in actuality, they get a free one-on-one. -on -one, they get a free class and make the decision. Because yep. like I said, retention is one of the key things. A small gym like this, being able to keep our members and not a revolving door is so important to the growth of the business. Because those people are the ones that tell other people. So we'll do that one-on-one. -on -one, then after that one-on-one, -on -one, we'll sit down and we'll go through the options. Uh, we do set up as if, you know, how many times a week are you looking to come, you know? And let's be realistic. We all know about it. I'd rather have someone say I could come in too and I'll sell them. Hey, let's just get you in here once a week. I can always upsell you if you really like it, but we got to make sure that you're not lying to yourself and I need you to feel good about yourself. So yep. if you say you can come in here too and you make two, great. But I'm going to sell you a pack for one. You get that one and now you can feel proud about yourself and you feel that we did you a service. Next thing you know, Troy, I'm ready to do, do three or the unlimited. Maybe I should do some one-on-ones. It's not fooling your member into it, but your member willingly coming on board. Uh, so you don't have to go through the other processes. And we've all been there. The calls yeah. that I can't make it, the calls that I need to stop my membership, things like that. Yeah, I, I, I think that gets lost in our industry a lot. We have so many examples of this kind of shysty used car right. salesy sort of feel. Right. And, and we all got into this industry saying that we want to help people. But if that's not reflected in our sales process, then we're lying to ourselves. Absolutely. We're not and actually trying to help people and, and helping somebody may be saying, hey, we're not a great fit for what you're looking for. These yep. other people down the road may be a better serve for you. It's It has to be factored into our sales process that we genuinely want to help this person sitting across from us. Yeah. And once again, you know, I'll talk to people and they'll be, they'll say that's a silly way of doing it, but here we are, you know, six years uh, doing what we're doing through a pandemic. 
um, it works. Yeah. Uh, well, you, you started know. a business so you could do things your own way, not to do it somebody Correct. else's way. Exactly. Spot yeah. on. Well, guys, I, I think we've explored what the business looks like now and how you guys operate here. Paint us a picture of the future. What what are we striving towards as a business? What's the the kind of long-term vision for you guys? Well, I think I talked to you uh, off mic about that. The idea to me of what the future of fitness is, is to be much more involved with the world around us. So when I started boxing, I started with my coach, Mac Allison. He's a Hall of Fame boxer uh, out of Baltimore. Um, and I learned down in uh, Baltimore City, Pennsylvania Avenue, uh, Upton Boxing, same place that Javante Davis uh, trained out of. Um, I started there just off the simple fact of wanting to get in shape. And then when I decided I want to make a pivot in my career, uh, Coach uh, Allison put me under his wing, helped me learn how to train. Um, and that's what really led me to becoming a trainer. What I saw was that we had so many kids in the city that were learning a skill set they didn't, didn't even know was marketable. Uh, they didn't realize that the commitment to physical fitness, uh, the mindset, um, the theory that comes behind it, uh, that they could actually market themselves. So I know a lot of people think the name on box is a play on the word of boxing, but it's actually the idea that people are so set into their box, but I know that they're ultimately good. So we're in a relatively good to do uh, neighborhood area here. A lot of people here want to be able to help, but they're looking for a vehicle in order to help, right? They're looking, how can I help the city? Uh, we're in the Baltimore County now. Uh, what we do is we take a portion of our revenue and we are partnered with Time to Grind, which is Coach Mac Allison's program. Um, a portion of that goes to those kids uh, oh, so they okay. can get new gloves, so they can get, you know, we have pros and amateurs out of there so they can travel and can, you know, stay up in a hotel and just focus on the tournament ahead and not how can they make this happen. In return, those kids then come up here and become trainers. So now what you have is this connection of a person helping a kid, you know, reach their goal, that kid now becoming a trainer and now helping that person reach their goal. And now you have these two boxes that are kind of joined. And if it wasn't for us being here, they may have never met. So the fitness industry to me needs to look at their responsibility outside of their four walls. And don't get me wrong, you know, the 5Ks are great. Uh, the weight loss challenges are great, but we really need to get more involved because I feel a gym is like a church. People come in with the best intentions, their best. They want to be the best them when they walk through the door. And we can harness that goodwill and really direct it in a way that can make everybody around us better. Yeah. So and, I, and I, I, think, I went really long. So no, I, I think that's really, goal. really important to address because we talk all the time about how do we grow? How do we get bigger? How do we make more money? But then what is, what do we do with that money, right? It's not just about a gym owner going and buying a new Ferrari or sitting on the beach drinking mimosas. What can we do with that that gives back to the people that got us here? Right. What can we do to make a bigger impact on our community in general? And for you guys, that sounds like how can we provide a better situation for these kids and how can we get them interested in boxing as a vehicle for life? Correct. Right? I love yeah. that guys. I, funny, I think, go ahead. The money please. will come, you know, when you, I, I kind of feel like I'm of the mindset, 
that, you know, if you stay true to what you're trying to achieve and it's, you know, comes from a good place, the money will come, you know, but that's what sets us apart from anybody else in the area is the fact that, and that's a selling point also, is that, look, you're not just helping yourself become better, you're helping someone you haven't even met. In the world that we live in right now, there's so much negativity. People really want to be part of something positive. So that's something we really want to focus on pushing in the future uh, to also go on, you know, coincide with what we do in-house uh, yep. brick and mortar. Yeah, and and we could certainly dive in on on the benefit of nonprofit and charity sort of ventures for hours and hours and hours. But guys, as we start to approach the end of our time here, where can people find out a little bit more about Unboxed? What's the what's the website? What's the social media? So our website is unboxedstrength.com, uh, and our social media we can find us on Facebook at Unboxed Strength. <clears throat> Excuse me, and our Instagram is Unboxed underscore Strength. You can find us uh, anywhere on those three platforms so far. Hopefully, we'll. Uh, extend out to others soon there you go perfect well guys i i genuinely appreciate your time today i really enjoy the process of, of kind of pouring through people's mindsets and how they choose to run their business i'm excited to see what the future holds for you guys because it sounds like there's a really great product here thank you we'll have to we'll have to check in with you again down the road and, and get oh, a, a 2.0 interview done how's that sound yeah that sounds great man that would be awesome Awesome. Well, guys, like I said, thank you to everyone who tuned in today. Thank you. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness arena, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lord's out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.